Time now for the Aggie Guys Sports Spectacular with your hosts, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, and Mike Keglin. I'm Larry Smith. He's Brad Sturdy. He's Mike Kegley, and this is the Sports Spectacular. Glad you are here with us, uh, the Aggies guys, as we're getting this thing going. Um, let's say hello to the SEC. Uh, the Aggies playing around with some other people, uh, but let's get at it right now. Uh, Auburn comes in unbeaten and a nemesis in the SEC West. And fellas, um, you know, we've been talking all week as you kind of get into mid-September and on into the, the meat of the schedule, if you will. Um, just again, everyone knows how tough it is to win the SEC uh, even tougher in the SEC West, not to slip up because just one slip up, and uh, and that could begin to cost you, uh, you know, a really special season. Yeah, no question. There's nothing easy. I mean, I know that you know Texas A&M clearly has more talent than Auburn when you look at it on paper, but at the end of the day, then you got to go out and win the game, and, and that's kind of been an issue over the last uh, couple of years for Jimbo Fisher and his crew. So um, Auburn is they're they're certainly not a uh, team that you can. Um, not show up and, and get the win. Yeah. And, and I guess I was surprised. So I've been surprised so far at, at really the, the A&M's inability to do much on the ground. You know, uh, Wegman's been stellar. I think he has played some phenomenal football and, and Petrino obviously gets a lot of credit for that. But in the SEC, I think you need to have a little bit more balance because when you play the better teams, you might get your quarterback killed. And if you, <laughs> If you can't run the ball, you know, with SEC defenses and, and the athleticism, if they only have to defend the pass or defend the run, they are awfully tough. How about this uh, Auburn team? And Hugh Freeze coming in, knows the SEC well, right? Uh, former, formerly with uh, Ole Miss, uh, leaves there, goes out to Liberty, um, and now back at, at Auburn. Um, wins over UMass, Cal, and Samford, um, you know, right there in, in, uh, in Birmingham, an FCS level school. Um, your thoughts and you, how, how do you grade this team three games in, uh, the Tigers under freeze? I, I don't think you can until they play, you know, somebody else. I mean, obviously they've got a guy with experience, you know, uh, at quarterback Peyton Thorne, um, you know, Michigan from State. Michigan State, you know, Michigan State transfer, Naperville, Illinois product, who is, uh, he's been, uh, you know, he, he's a veteran guy. And so they have him that, 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 that's going to help them a little bit here. Um, but here's the bad thing for them as well. Peyton Thorne is also their leading rusher. So th- I don't <laughs> think that's ideal. I mean, it, you know, just looking at, you know, how, I saw him play in the Big Ten and that wasn't something I expected. So, um, yeah, this is, uh, this is a situation where I, I think you've got two teams and the team that can control the line of scrimmage and run the football is going to have an advantage in this game. And Auburn has to be able to do that. If they're going to be, take on a, a Texas A&M game here in, in at Kyle field. One has to wonder who Auburn made angry in the SEC's scheduling department because you you go with Texas, you go at Texas A&M, then you get to play Georgia, then at LSU, and then at home against Ole Miss. It's like, seriously? Oh, um, oh but, wait, we get Alabama later, too. Yeah, I know. And, then, and yeah, they're waiting in the wings. Um, yeah, so that that is a brutal stretch. And it's funny, but as you look at this, this may be the only winnable game for Auburn, and it really looks like Texas A&M is the better team. Yep. 
Yeah, there's no question. And, you know, it's it's funny. You talk about Auburn, and to your point, they have to say, you know what, why do we have to, you know, back in the day, the old Southern Conference, be so close to Athens? Uh, because Georgia is the only SEC East team that Auburn plays every year. In their 6-1-1 one, one format, they're the one. They're the yep. one rivalry game that they play. And so, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And they've got it right now when Georgia's on top, two-time defending national champs. So, um, Connor Wigman, the quarterback for the Aggies, talking uh, earlier this week about this team's 2-1 and one start and taking on the Tigers on Saturday. I mean, that's what Coach Petrino and I, we try and preach to, to everyone, on, uh, to every guy on the team, like, Every time we touch the ball, we want to score. And I feel like that message has gone across well. I mean, you got to lock in every every drive, every play. And I feel like we've been doing a pretty good job of that. I mean, I guess, you know, you got a little bit taste of it last year, but just how much more excited are you uh, to now start SEC play this week and, you know, with the fresh slate? Oh, yeah, I'm ready to go. I mean, it's an exciting time for everybody. Everyone knows what, this, what our schedule looks like coming up. And, I mean, everyone's ready. We're prepared for it and ready to get going at practice today. How much do you expect the intensity level to go up this week in practice? I mean, I feel like the intensity has been always been there at practice. I don't, it doesn't change week by week. I mean, it doesn't matter who, what opponent we're playing. Like Coach Fisher always says, our opponent is faceless. we got to go out there and play our brand of football. And I feel like everyone knows that and everyone's prepared to go do that. Let me ask it this way. Um, what do you think the difference having played in a couple of conference games last year versus non-conference just in terms of competition, in terms of what's at stake? I mean, the stakes are for sure higher. We try to go out and win every SEC game. I mean, every game in general. I mean, but I don't think it changes much. Like I said, everyone has a pretty good uh, mind frame on what we're about to go and do, and I feel like everyone's ready to go do it. Some of your teammates have described it, too, about how when you're on the sideline, you're really trying to fire up some guys. Even at the end of the last game, when it's a blowout, you're still trying to kind of, hey, let's finish strong kind of thing. Uh, where does that kind of come from, and where does that kind of competitive energy come from for you? I don't know. I feel like it's always been there with whatever sport I'm playing, football, baseball, basketball growing up. But like Coach Fisher always preaches we got to play well all four quarters, and it, just because we're winning the game, we, we, don't, we, we can't let up. we got to go out and execute the game plan, what Coach Petrino's calling, and I just try to get that across to everyone. And then uh, talking about uh, Miami real quick, since this is the first time we've, we've talked to you since, um, what were they doing to kind of uh, cause problems pressure-wise? And as far as like sliding protections and things like that, how did you feel like you learned from that experience and, and kind of improved in that regard in the next game? I mean, I don't think they were doing anything crazy. I mean, we just, we got to be better. Like I said, I feel like we didn't, it wasn't very bad, but there was a couple little things in there that, that personally I could have done better and everyone across the board. But other than that, I feel like it wasn't, it wasn't nothing crazy that they were doing to uh, confuse us or anything. You made a lot of big plays with your wide receivers, but you also threw six times to Jake Johnson yesterday, last week. Short passes, but are you developing a little bit of like, is he a safety valve or what about him and your tight ends? I mean, he's a really good tight end. He works really hard. And I don't know, I feel like we got to give him the ball more. I mean, he goes out, makes plays. He has sure hands. He catches the ball every time I throw it to him. And just to get him more incorporated in the offense, it helped us out a lot last week. What's everything that's different about Connor Wigman going into this Auburn game than it was to the Auburn game last year? A whole lot. My, my head was spinning a lot last year trying to figure out what was going on. And I don't know, I feel like just a way better grasp of the offense and knowing what defenses are trying to do to confuse me and just having a better grasp of pretty much on all aspects.
you know, he, he's been he's been really good. I, I don't really know if they could have asked for more from him. I mean, obviously, he's thrown a couple of interceptions, but overall, he's been very good for them. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they've kind of asked him to do too much against uh, Miami. You know, he had to throw the ball 53 times. That's not a recipe for success, but... Um, I, I do think he's been good. Now they have to they have to get a running game. They have to find a way to you know balance their offense a little bit if they're going to be successful. And um, I'm I'm impressed with him, but I, I will see. I mean, this this is a good Auburn defense. I will say that. So this is going to be they will put a little pressure and they will give make it a test uh, for for him. Yeah, he makes um he makes most of the throws. I mean, he he really has he's better than I thought he would be to be honest with you, and I think you you've got to get him some run support uh, or at least I guess, you know, you look at what you can do to get the ball out to, you know, spread out as far as you can. Um Petrino's got a a, a flair for the offense, so and it's still early in his first season, so we'll see if there's any differentiation that he can pull but but like brad said you know over 50 times passing in a game in the sec is not exactly the recipe for success that you're looking for yeah and neither is uh, the turnover game just the giveaways um as if you're santa in christmas um auburn right now um seven turnovers already four fumbles lost three interceptions they're tied for 112 nationally uh that is not good fellas uh, you've got to hold on to the ball um and auburn even though they're three and oh that's that is a that's a big achilles heel for them yeah you you can't go on the road and turn the ball over multiple times and expect to come away with a win here so auburn has to take care of the football ball security is a key for them if they're going to have a chance for the at this one but i i do think that you know this is what you know, when teams are struggling, trying to figure things out, they're going to turn the ball over. And that that's when they're, that that's what they do. And, and that's, that's what Auburn, shockingly, Auburn has seven turnovers and they're 112th and they're three, and zero. So that tells you they haven't really played the toughest competition yet. Yeah. And, and it's, it's quite a step up and, you know, Texas A&M needs a confidence builder as well. And this would be, this would provide the opportunity. I think we all thought that they would play better against Miami and the game got out of hand, it would be nice for Texas A&M fans to see their team uh, do the same thing to Auburn that was done to them by Miami. Yeah, once again, uh, 11 o'clock, 11 a.m. local uh, kick time on on ESPN and uh, this Aggies team again trying to get a win. Uh, Nothing guaranteed as we've got uh, Arkansas coming up next week. That's the game over at Jerry's World. Um, over in Dallas, uh, or what's the suburb called? Over there, Arlington. Not a, it's in Arlington, Texas. Yes. So not, I know the Irving one is uh, is no, no longer. longer. Yeah, no longer there. So and then of course uh, after that, after next week and two weeks, you got Alabama uh, coming into Kyle Field. So um, it is uh, uh, PCK. Yeah, yeah. So and then Tennessee. Then you got Ole Miss later, and you finish up at LSU. So yeah. Get these wins while you can, no question about that. But again, the Aggies about a seven touchdown favorite. Um, in this seven game. point favorite, I think. So, so I'm sorry, seven, sorry, seven point favorite, eight, one touchdown. Yeah, like, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm like, I don't think they're covering that. No, I don't <laughs> think so. The they're point. almost the over under, exactly. They're almost at the over under. <laughs> the the uh, the bookies' uh, phone numbers, their, their phone just uh, went nuts. 
Whoa. Just, so yeah, I'm wow. saying Auburn. Exactly. Yeah, if it was yeah. Iowa, if it was yeah. Iowa, we might do that. It's an interesting <laughs> line, though. It, it kind of tells you that the consistency that Texas A&M hasn't had, an Alabama team that is struggling, um, you know, offensively, is a seven-point favorite over Ole Miss, thirteen against number fifteen. Texas A&M, with all their talent, is only a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over an Auburn team that, you know, beat Cal by four. So that kind of, I think that kind of tells you what that that no one knows what to expect from this Texas A&M team. They have definitely not shown the consistency necessary to be at the top of the SEC yet. Totally agree. Totally agree with that. Texas A&M and Auburn, we've got much more to come. Uh, by the way, we've got our insider, uh, Mark Passwaters, is going to be joining us here in just a little bit to talk more about this game uh, and get some analysis. And this guy, uh, man, really knows his stuff. We really enjoy our insider segments each week here on the show. And uh, we know Mark is going to be uh, that and then some as we get ready for this matchup, Tigers uh, and the Aggies. But up next right now, we'll talk a little uh, Heisman talk. Uh, Brad and Mike answer the question, who is your Heisman favorite right now and why and their answers might surprise you then again they might not but but they might you won't know unless you stick around stay with us this is the aggies guys sports spectacular have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes no no one does if you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the irs I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you, we promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-917-8546. 800-917-8546. That's 800-917-8546. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. And we're back. We are going to talk, Mike. It is never too early in the season to decide that we're going to talk about the Heisman Trophy. And so we're three weeks into this season, and and it seems to me like we may have some front runners already, Mike. What are your thoughts? I, I think there's some front runners already, and I I, I kind of divided them up a little bit into uh, uh, three categories. First off, if you have a front runner. The clear-cut front runner for me is Caleb Williams. I know it's hard to win, you know, back-to-back, but that offense is going to be incredible. I think he's got to be my 
my clear-cut favorite. Then there's the Dark Horse. And for me, that's Shadur Sanders. But I don't know when they have six top 25 teams left on their schedule. I'm not certain Colorado is going to win enough games to put him there. But I don't know that I'm going to count him out because Dion gets mad about that. So, Dion, I've got your son in there. I'm not and, counting him out. Sorry, the, I'm not counting the last him out. One, yeah, exactly. And then the last one, this is the one I don't want to have. It's what I call my nightmare scenario. And that's Sam Hartman for Notre Dame winning the winning the uh, Heisman Trophy while playing that Notre Dame schedule that just isn't very impressive compared to what some of these other teams are playing. So, Brad, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think when you talk about those guys, obviously, they're Sanders. I look at the other side, too. Sanders now has a chance to prove himself against six top 25 teams. If he puts up those numbers, it's just going to raise the, you know, it's going to make it even greater. My my guys are, you know, obviously, you mentioned Caleb Williams. I think he's got to be the favorite. What about Penix at Washington? His numbers are astounding. They're undefeated. They're on a roll. They're ranked eighth in the country. I could see them running through this um, conference and maybe getting up, getting into the college football playoff type thing. They are literally that good. You you put him and he puts up those numbers. And then you got a couple of those. And I'm going to uh, go outside the box a little bit with a couple of Big Ten guys. If Michigan, J.J. McCarthy for Michigan puts up big numbers and they roll. Maybe it's him. And then you look at Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State, who might be the best player in college football. He might be the best player in college football. And and he's probably the most, and I would say he might have the most separation between him and any other player at his position. The word might be the best player in college football is so wrong. He is the best player in college football. Hey, I'm trying to be politically correct. uh, I think he's got the greatest separation between... Him and and the next best wide receiver. How about oh, that? And, you and know I, what I mean? I, oh, I I think he is a magnificent football player, fun to watch. And if he hadn't if he hadn't been you know put out of the game by Georgia, I'm not certain that the Ohio State Buckeyes aren't the national champions right now. And it's on the the strength of that man because Harrison Jr. is fantastic. And I know everybody's got their favorite player, but I just think he's the clear-cut best. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Now, the Heisman doesn't always go to the best players. Exactly. Know, though. So I think it's, you know, for some teams, they can get away with losing games and, and still be okay and still get that. Um, but I will say this. I don't think the anybody from Alabama is going to win the Heisman this year. <laughs> Yeah. And I would look, don't you think that Shadur Sanders is going to be, um, he is going to be the guy that if he puts up those numbers, even with the losses, he might end up in a situation where he wins the tie, the, the, the the trophy. They have to win like eight though. I mean, they have to go like like eight, four, nine and three, something like that to get in the mix. I don't think six and six with big numbers is going to get it done. I, I just don't think that that'll happen. So but yeah, I I think that there's a possibility that they go eight and four, nine and three, and he puts up massive, you know, video game numbers. Maybe he's the guy, and I, we've already got the hype, right? I mean, the hype's there, so yeah, no question. No, I'm I'm all for it. I, I think this, you know, the only thing I wish we could do is have more more teams involved in the the college football playoff. Uh, well, next year, Mike, I think that's a good call. Let's do that next year. Yes, let's do that. But, I think we should go to 12 teams. Let's go to 12. I, yeah, let's let's go to 12 teams. And and then, by the way, 
we're getting prodded by Larry, who's forcing us to take a commercial. Folks, if it was up to Brad and I, we wouldn't have commercials, but Larry runs a tight ship. So we'll be right back in a minute. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News & World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-613-8053. 800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. Attention business owners, have you filed for your employee retention credit and been approved? Are you now waiting for your refund check from the IRS? Instead of waiting months to a year plus, how would you like to get your ERC money in about 10 days? Now you can. With ERCMoneyUpfront.com, we help business owners that have filed their employee retention credit and been approved to get their money faster. If you're getting between $75,000 and $5 million, we could get you up to a 70% advance on that money in about 10 days. To learn more about how you can get your ERC money faster, call this number right now. Speak with one of our funding specialists and have a text sent to your cell phone with details. 800-279-0419. That's 800-279-0419. This is not a loan product except in California. An offer is not available in the state of Massachusetts. What's the best way to get rid of a timeshare that you don't want? Call the Timeshare Exit Hotline. We're a group of attorneys that help customers legally exit their timeshares. It's an easy process. We guarantee results or you pay nothing. Exit your timeshare today. Call now. 800-715-6093. 800-715-6093. That's 800-715-6093. You're listening to the Aggie Guys Radio Network. Welcome back to the show here as we get into, uh, well, it's the fall season, and that means that it's only getting colder. Uh, and, and except for Jimbo Fisher's seat in College Station. Let's talk now with uh, Mark Passwaters. He's uh, the publisher of AggieYell.com. Uh, make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at uh, MBP Rivals, correct? Correct. All right, you're the man. Hey, okay, so let's talk first last week um, and a and A&M and, uh, and where this team stands heading into this weekend. Uh, well, it's as good a guess as any. And uh, if you're talking about heat, it's still hot down here. So it's going <laughs> to be 96 on Saturday. So oh, my. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Fall, fall is still a, a foreign word, and uh, summer is a four-letter word. But um, <laughs> Well said. Yeah, but uh, – yeah, it, it's it's interesting because you look at this team, the talent's there, they've shown it offensively. Uh all this stuff about Bobby Petrino and Jimbo not getting along has been totally overblown. 
uh, it's Petrino's offense and it's worked well. You know, the issue is really the defense and you've got to figure out what's going on there. And, uh, you know, I asked somebody or somebody asked me today, it's like, well, is the the relationship with uh, Petrino and Jimbo going to end in divorce? I'm like, no, they're happily married. The divorce might be with Durkin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because people are running out of patience with the defensive coordinator and uh, by extension, uh, Jimbo. So it's a real interesting situation because they played very good against New Mexico. They played very good against ULM, which you're supposed to do. Right. Uh, they really let the Miami game slip away from them. And it was just basic stuff. The, they didn't tackle well. They didn't get first downs when they should have. Uh, they gave up a kick return for a touchdown. Uh, it basically, they just, and they they did not attempt to pressure Trevor Van Dyke. And that's the big issue that is driving people crazy, is you have all these five stars and high four stars, and they don't blitz. And it's driving people up a wall. And if you want to get after Auburn this weekend, wouldn't be a bad idea to start bringing some extra guys. Is this a, you know, and I guess I look at this Auburn team and Auburn is, you know, they're three and O, but they really, you know, they played one high major as Cal and they won 14 to 10. So Auburn hasn't really been tested yet. So I don't think we know a lot about them. I don't know that we know a lot about Texas A&M. We know the one time they had a chance to, to get it done. They didn't against Miami, but they, they didn't play well. Right. So what do you see from, from this matchup here? You know, it, it's it's two teams that you've still got a lot of questions about. But just based on pure talent, a and the superior team. And when it comes down to it, I don't think people realize how good Connor Wigman is. Uh, that's a and starting quarterback. And it's not like he's got one guy he can throw to. It's not two guys or three. It's five. Uh, you know, and we had a, a bit of a coming out party for a, a young man by the name of Jade Walker last weekend. Uh, five catches, 117 yards, and a touchdown. This is a kid that was a Division II Grand Valley State last year. And all of a sudden, he's kind of bumped Moose Muhammad to the fifth spot in the, the receiver rotation. That's saying something. They're deep. They've got some guys. And with Petrino, they're willing to, to utilize it. You know, one thing that Jimbo always wanted was balance. He tried to keep it as 50-50 as possible. Petrino doesn't care if he finds a weakness in your defense or a strength in his offense, he's going to utilize it. And uh, you take a look at the way Wiegman has played so far. Uh, better than 70% completion rate, uh, 900 yards passing, eight touchdowns, two interceptions. Kid gets done. And uh, he's a far cry from what Auburn saw uh, last year. You know, what is the, the rationale when coaches are asked, why don't you – play more aggressive on defense. It seems, as you talked about, counterintuitive with the athletes they have not to try to put pressure on quarterbacks. And is there is there a, a logic behind this, or what do, you, what do you think? Well, my hair's short because I pulled it out trying to figure <laughs> out uh, what, what's going on with it. I actually asked Jimbo yesterday uh, because uh, during the ULM game, there were several instances where the defensive ends were split out wide on slot receivers. And I, I, I said, I'm going to plead schematic ignorance. <laughs> what is this? And he said, well, you know, it, it makes you slide the, 
the a couple of linemen this way and it it does this and it does that. Well, yeah, but it's also uh kind of eliminating that lineman. You know, you're taking an LT Overton or you're taking a Fidel Diggs and you're basically taking them out of the play. So it may be cute, it may be, you know, kind of tricky or whatever. I don't like it. I want to see you you've got four quality down linemen. I want to see those guys as down linemen, and then I want to see somebody, you know, add additional pressure. Talking here with uh, Mark Passwater, he's again the publisher of AggieYell.com. And uh, Mark, as we're talking here about this Auburn team, um, on the other side here, here's a team that I, I watched part of their game against Cal, um, thought they came out later on. I thought that was a good road test for, you know, Look, we know SEC teams normally don't go to the West Coast, right? Um, went out there. Not that Cal's great, um, but I thought they showed some moxie to kind of stay with that and get the get the win. Talk about what you see out of Peyton Thorne, the transfer coming out of Michigan State. Um, you know, kind of was booted out by Coach Tucker. Irony there. Um, and it's kind of found its way down there in the offense. And like Wiegman seems to be kind of getting into a bit of a rhythm now with the Tigers. Well, the thing that kind of catches me is I thought that he was going to be a guy that was kind of – gonna uh be the the kind of the the manager of the offense he wasn't gonna be anything special you know he was gonna he was gonna do you know the the quick ends the the slants the things like that the occasional default I was not expecting him to be leading the team in rushing and that one just absolutely blows my mind they have been a run heavy team and it's been primarily thorn running the football and that I absolutely did not expect. Uh, he's He hasn't been as good a passer as I was anticipating. Four touchdowns, three picks. Uh, you know, but this is a guy who's got a lot of game experience. Uh, obviously, he's got skins on the wall from his time at Michigan State. He's not going to be intimidated, I don't think, by 95,000 people at Kyle Field. You know, but the performance hasn't exactly been great. They've struggled in the red zone. They've turned the ball over a lot, and uh, you know that's one thing that A and M really needs to do is is turn a guy, turn the ball, turn the guy over. And if they can do that, that's going to be a real problem for Auburn because they just they haven't gotten both dimensions going all the way. They've been really run heavy, and the passing game has been kind of eh, not so hot. Uh, on the offensive side, you know, Texas A&M is putting up big points um, every game. You know, 33 is their lowest point total, right? Uh, this Auburn defense, though, does present some some dip problems. They, they've been pretty good. Uh, they've done a good job. So what does Texas A&M have to do? They've been throwing it all over the place. But can, will they have to establish a running game? What do they have to do offensively to get through this off, Auburn D? Well, I think that if you can get a little balance, that nobody's going to really complain about that. Uh, and I think that the running game started to come together. You know, strangely enough, you don't sit there and you look at a game against a Sunbelt team and say, ah, there it is. But Le'Veon Moss and Ruben Owens in the second half of that game really started to get some things going. Um, you know, Moss was is a North-South guy. And he is a physical runner, and that's kind of what they needed. They needed to start really battering guys straight up the middle. And then Owens uh, is a true freshman. I think he's got a, a tremendous upside. He basically just kind of broke loose. You could see 
things start to slow down for him. He'd really struggled against New Mexico and Miami, and, but things started to click. And he had a, a couple of really nice runs. And I think that if he gets it going, then that offense gets another dimension. And then you're not as, as pass heavy. Now, if Bobby Petrino sits there and he looks at Auburn's film and decides, okay, these guys aren't getting a pass rush, these guys are shorthanded, then he'll, he'll, he'll just throw it all day. He doesn't care. Yeah, and, and I, the interesting thing, the thread that you keep hearing, and it's almost inevitable that you, you keep hearing Bobby Petrino and how good he does with offense. And, of course, we all know that the only thing that can stop Bobby Petrino has generally been Bobby Petrino. Um, w- when you look at this, what is the 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 win total that Jimbo has to get this this team to because this is Texas A and M. There's a lot of there's a lot of schools that win in you know seven eight games is considered a good season. I I don't think that's the Aggie uh, point of view. What what does he have to do? And then is Bobby Petrino a little bit of a threat walking on the sidelines there? I don't think he's a threat because he doesn't want to be. Uh, you know that was one thing that he laid out to us. Uh, when we met with him in the 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 summer was that he's kind of really enjoying the idea of being a teacher right now. And everybody talks about how he's got this furious temper and he's purple in the face all the time, you know, like he was at Arkansas. It's not like we haven't seen it. We barely heard him in the summer. He was very quiet. You know, he was clearly running the offense. He was the guy in the quarterback's ears, but he was just very calm, very sedate. Uh, you know, he really seems to be happy doing what he's doing. He's also getting paid pretty darn well too. Uh, but I think that the threat to Jimbo is not Petrino. The threat to Jimbo is a lack of success. You know, last year was terrible. Five and seven was awful. And with the talent that they've got coming in, the talent that they have already committed in the, the 2024 class you know, you got your guy at offensive coordinator, you hired this defensive coordinator, you're running out of excuses. And I think that, you know, with the wide open nature of the SEC this year, expectations are only getting higher. You know, I think we're figuring out that Miami's pretty darn good football team. Mario Cristobal has done a great job. Uh, But you take a look at the West, Alabama's not what we thought they were. Uh, Ole Miss has questions on defense. Uh, LSU's already been smoked by uh, Florida State. Mississippi State looks terrible. Auburn's still rebuilding. Arkansas is a mess. You know, opportunity knocks. And if you don't walk through that door this year to the tune of probably nine wins, you might be in trouble. Yeah. And that leads me up to, to our final question. Kind of perfect segue. Man, you've done this kind of thing before, haven't you? Uh, you you've got Auburn this week. You take on Arkansas at Jerry's World next week. And then um, you get three of the next four teams ranked. Uh, you're hosting Alabama. You're at Nayland Stadium in the Vols. Uh, then you go to your home against South Carolina. And then you're up at uh, in Oxford uh, at Ole Miss. So I think we're going to find out real fast where this team sets. But to your point, you look right now at, at that lineup. All of those games are winnable if you're sitting in the Aggies chair right now. I mean, to your point, these are all winnable games. I mean, Alabama's a great program. Mm-hmm. Not the Alabama they've been for the past several years. They're beatable, and so is Tennessee. Yeah. Everybody in the SEC, with maybe the exception of Georgia, has noticeable flaws. Uh, A&M didn't, doesn't pick up the blitz well. They're not getting pressure on the quarterback. 
you know, their the running game needs to get better. Alabama looks terrible on offense. The offensive line is egregious. Auburn still doesn't have a ton of talent. Ole Miss, great offense, still kind of wondering about the defense. Tennessee, you struggle with Austin P, and then you get smoked by Florida. You know, I, I know that the Florida guys are really excited about how they played. Tennessee just doesn't look good. And, you know, South Carolina, I think if you just go out there and play physical football, they're not going to be able to, to hang on. You know, the opportunity, you know, certainly the opportunity knocks for AM. And, you know, going to Arkansas, going to play Arkansas at Jerry World is always tough because they they have some innate ability to make that game their Super Bowl. And <laughs> they make it absolutely crazy. And then AM at the end wins. You, yeah. you can't figure out how. You know, because Arkansas just brings absolutely everything. And at the end of the game, you look up and AM's got the, the scoreboard. But, you know, the opportunities are certainly there for them. But they've got to figure out a few things on their own. You know, the offensive line's got to play better. Defensive, defensively, you've got to get more pressure. And you've got to do fundamental things like tackle. But <laughs> if, you play, if you play to your talent and you're allowed to play to your talent, then A&M should be in good shape this year. But nobody really knows if they will. Yeah, yeah. And that's the enigma, I think, right, that we've been dealing with uh, these past several years. Hey, Mark, we're going to leave it there. Man, great to get your insight. Uh, again, 11 a.m. kickoff. It's on ESPN. If you can't make it there, uh, down the Kyle Field, the Aggies taking on Auburn. Mark Passwaters, he's, uh, they the publisher of AggieYell.com. Give him a follow on Twitter at MBP Rivals. Mark, great to talk with you. We'll catch up with you again later on this season. Sure, my pleasure. Appreciate Thank it. You. That's Mark uh, Mark Passwaters once again uh, here talking about the Aggies and Auburn coming up on Saturday. Stay with us. Much more to come right here. How would you like to get high-speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day? That's right. For about 50 bucks a month, you'll get lightning-fast internet. Are you paying less than 50 bucks a month right now for your internet? Then call Whole Home Connect right now for blazing-fast internet at 50 bucks a month with no price increases, no hidden fees, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. It's a great deal. And guess what? You can try it for 15 days. If you don't like it you get your money back but you're gonna love it and you're gonna love the price internet for your home for 50 bucks a month that's less than two bucks a day plus no contracts no upfront costs no equipment fees and our 15-day guarantee call now 800-215-0341 800-215-0341 800-215-0341 that's 800-215-0341 if I was your mother and you had a drug problem, I'd grab you by the ear and make you call and get help. You can be in treatment tomorrow and start to get clean in seven days. Follow mom's advice and call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. Write this number down. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. Coming here to the end of the show, so time to put your money where your mouth is. Let's uh, pick some games. Let's start with Florida State Clemson. Brad, what say you? Yeah, I, I I think this matchup, although it's the game is obviously you know at Clemson, but I think Florida State is a two and a half point favorite. I like Florida State to pull this one out. I think uh, Jordan Travis is going to have a a big game. 
but and I don't think Clemson, you know, that Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson are not coming through that door. So uh, they're just not the same Clemson team. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Florida State as well. I feel pretty confident about this. Clemson's going to have to really reshuffle the deck if they're going to if they're going to beat this uh, Florida State team. I don't see it happening. Yeah, I agree with you as well. I got to go Seminoles in this one. Um, and I look, I great respect for Clemson and what Dabo Sweeney's there done there. But I'm with Brad. Um, you know, since Deshaun Watson and then later Trevor Lawrence left, this hasn't been the same program. Um, and they've they're bringing in five star talent, four star talent. Um, I still go back to that that game against Duke and how they just look so overmatched. Now it's three weeks ago. I, I get it. All teams grow. Um, but Florida State looks so good against LSU, and nothing since then has really told me, says to me that they're a team that's going to drop this game. So uh, I'm going to take Florida State. Let's go now to the SEC. Ole Miss at Alabama. So Ole Miss, Alabama. This is it. Does Jalen Milrow, is he the answer at quarterback for the Tide? Well, I don't know if he's the answer, but I think they're going to win this game um, just because they, they're at home and they're – what, when's the last time Alabama lost two home games in a season? I, I, it's got to be a long time because Saban doesn't lose two games very often. So um, I, I would say that I think Alabama's going to win this game. I think they're a seven-point favorite. I think it'll be closer than that, but uh, I really think Alabama's going to uh, take Ole Miss here. I think the voodoo that Kiffin do is going to get into uh, his head, into Saban's head, and he's going to be worried about who's giving information out and – I think Mississippi is going to Ole Miss is going to pull the upset thanks to Lane Kiffin's mental war against Nick Saban. You brought that up more than once this week in our conversations. You really that was real you're really impressed by that, aren't you? I, I love the fact that he's got he's got he's got uh Nick Saban talking about coaching decisions that never happened in his press conference. And he's Nick's actually leading off with it. Not waiting for a question. Right, right, exactly. Um, it, it's tough to go against. I'm with Brad. Tough to go against Alabama at home, but uh, I'm going Rebels in this one. Um, I think it's a new SEC. Um, it's it's going to change a year earlier, and um, you know we'll see here what happens. Um, if so, just imagine that that in week one of the SEC, um, Alabama they wouldn't be out of it, but definitely behind the they would be playing behind the eight ball the rest of the season. So. Uh, I'll go Rebels, Rebels as well. Okay, Ohio State at Notre Dame. Brad, what do you got? So I, I, this is the game of the week, obviously. Um, everybody's talking about it. I, I This game's at Notre Dame. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere. I just still am not sold that Notre Dame is the at the level uh, talent-wise up and down the roster. I think as long as Marvin Harrison Jr. is on the field, I think Ohio State's the best team in this matchup, and I think they're going to uh, – win this one i think it's gonna be a close game i think ohio state wins by uh somewhere between a touchdown and a field goal i think that and i hate to have to say this but i think notre dame's gonna win this i think sam hartman is the better quarterback i think they can run the ball uh between the tackles which is unusual for notre dame against this level of team and i do think that the home crowd i was there the night rocket ismail caught the tipped pass against michigan that place is just haunted, and I think they are going to haunt Ohio State. <laughs> you know, he's made our producer Tony Cordero very happy, right? You know, and he he doesn't know that Notre Dame is my most hated team of all sports. 
but I call him the way I see him, Larry. <laughs> well, he, he put a stocking up for you on the chimney, <laughs> on the fireplace mantle, and then he just put coal in it after that. Tony, put cash in, please. I accept cash. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to tell you, uh, it is, uh, I'm going with Notre Dame in this one. I just think that, um, again, going back to, uh, like you said, the quarterback has just played so well, uh, 50th start. Um, again, we all agree Notre Dame has not played uh, the strongest competition. That again, neither is Ohio State. Um, it is at home. Notre Dame hasn't beaten them in uh, almost three decades. And so uh, I think it may end here, uh, Notre Dame. We'll see how we did. All right. Uh, that does it for us. Once again, the time goes by way too fast. We appreciate everybody who came by uh, to give us their insights. We are smarter and better because you took the time to spend here with us. Uh, for Brad and Mike and our crew, I'm Larry. Thanks so much. Enjoy the games and enjoy the weekend. We'll see you right back here, same time, same station, next week. The preceding program is a product of Rise Above Productions and Revision Sound. Join us next week for the latest edition of the Aggie Guys Sports Spectacular. 